Hey, listeners, check out our new podcast, Women in Whiskey, Stop Mansplaining Me. In this podcast, we talk to some of the trailblazing women of the whiskey industry. New episodes drop every other Friday, so subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And once a month, we host a special live tasting with the women behind the bottles we sample. Go to columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for dates and tickets. On this episode of If This Bar Could Talk, we welcome PJ Ford back to the show as our guest host. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. Hello, I'm PJ Ford, and I have a, a great host or guest here. I'm the host. I have a great host here, and I have a great guest here um, who's joining Blair and I at This Bar Can Talk. Uh, we have Sarah Opelt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Honored. I think it's nice having you here. Um, I think, like, how long have you been bartending, actually? Because I feel like it's been, like, I think I met you, like, two, three years ago. Yeah. So. Uh, I've... I started bartending in July of 2017. Um, so it took me until I was 29 to find what I was supposed to do with my life. I kind of had a sneaking suspicion that hospitality was my calling, but uh, I don't think I would love it as much if I hadn't worn other hats and realized that they didn't fit, you know? And right. then I met you at Maker's Mark Beefsteak Beef in 2018, Ripping and that was meat. so yeah, fun. The best I've ever had. <laughs> Ripping into meat. You oh and God. Stella had the best hat names. Uh, that was a good night. Yeah, that was a great night. And then I didn't know who you were, though. And then I got you on Instagram, and I was like, oh, holy shit, this dude's like, for real, for real. Because Chris Senny was my first, like, first person I'd met and my for- foray into uh, craft cocktails. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know what a craft cocktail competition was until he and Kate did Espelon in 2018. Because mm-hmm. I worked with him briefly, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, we did this competition. He showed me pictures and videos, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? This is the coolest, nerdiest thing I've ever seen. And is and- that the one you won, 2018? Yeah, I think that was the one Joe and I did. You yeah. guys won that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, word. We went to the makes sense. finals in New York, which was sweet. Oh, I believe yeah. it. I'm not surprised at all. But then uh, that got my interest peaked. And then uh, Chris was, it was shortly before he took on the bar manager position at Wolf's Ridge that mm. he invited me and Brian to the uh, Beefsteak dinner. And that's when we met you and Sella. We were all sitting together. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's crazy to think how much has changed in those yeah, two years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Too yeah. much. I know. Too much too quickly. I know. Um, sure. You were at 16-bit, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Man, uh, we're going to dig up a lot of dirt today. All right. Oh, there's nothing of a surprise, you know. Uh, volume bar. Uh, but I they also... have like a somewhat inventive kind of cocktail list, don't they? No, like, it's not like for the love of God, no. It's not like a straight up like just shots and beers <laughs> and stuff. I wish it was. Uh, <laughs> One or the other. You know, I, I have Jackie Mitchell was my a dear friend of mine. Life like years. I've known her for years. And she was my GM. She was the first person to put me behind a bar. I had been asking uh, for the last couple jobs. And you would think, you know, oh, you're a woman. It's not hard. It's still hard because people expect you to have this, uh, like, in utero knowledge of how to pour drinks and how to, you know, how to make drinks, how to dance behind a bar. And, 
you know, and I wouldn't give up. I was like, somebody's going to, somebody's going to put me back there. Someone's going to teach me how to do this and I'm going to run with it. And so for a while it was like, whose dick do I have to suck to get a fucking training shift, you know? <laughs> and I had cocktail served it at 16 bit for about a month. And when she saw my numbers, I only had to ask once. Like I was like, yo. Nice. Yeah. I was like, teach me how to pour, please. Like, I don't expect shifts. I just got here. I'm sure there's other people who have asked. I just want to learn because I'm very intrigued and I spend all my time learning shitty recipes like birthday cake shots. Like I was like studying this stuff because I was like, I want to fucking do this, you know, like I'm 29. I need I need some direction. And she put me back there and my first training shift was a breeze. Um, And after that, it was like, okay, you know, you work the slow shifts and, uh, you know, the shifts where you have to mop the entire bar because I was only Mm. a couple days a week. And eventually I worked my way up to like the money shifts and. If there's one thing volume bartending taught me how to do, I can work with a red tip spoon, okay? It's not ideal, <laughs> but I can make that fucker dance, right? <laughs> and uh, not, and by you know, red tip spoon, you mean like the, yeah, the stirring spoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that- The uh, ones with the red tip. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're not the like best. The, but... the, the 50 cent spoon. Yeah, yeah. doesn't look cool. <laughs> And um, not going to turn heads, you know, and I learned how to multitask like a motherfucker. And uh, I hate cutting people off, but I can do it well and professionally. Mm. Um, I can shit I on anyone. That. Yeah, I, mean, I can shit on anyone who tries to sexually harass me. It's not a problem. I will embarrass you for even saying it. And um, so taking my volume experience and then going into craft, I felt I feel really fortunate that that was my path so far. Um, so, yeah, I was yeah. there for. Three years, and then uh, you know, obviously, when shutdown happened, I was like, "Yeah, nah, I'm cool, I'm not coming back." Yeah, yeah. So, like, what was your initial like uh, segue into cocktails? Like, when you first started mm-hmm. like learning about cocktails, like, which ones were you like most excited about? Like, you wanted to get home to try. Was mm-hmm. it like a certain spirit or a certain style or like a certain whatever? <laughs> or, like, yeah, no, I've I've always had a torrid love affair with gin. It was the only spirit I ever liked um, back when I was much younger. And I have kind of an awkward story. Like, I didn't drink for about, like, 10 years. Like, uh, I had a really bad drug problem when I was in my early 20s when I was in college. So I took – I got myself together. And for about six years, I, like, was totally straight-laced. I just stayed away from everything, um, dealt with my mental health issues, got my shit together – uh, and alcohol was never a problem for me. I just figured, okay, I'm going to chalk it up with all mind-altering substances. I'm just going to stay clean for a while. And then uh, once I got married and, you know, settled into who I am and was more confident, had health- healthier coping habits, uh, and eventually found my way back into the service industry, um, after about a year, well, a few months of bartending, I was like, you know, I kind of want to, like, try this shit, you know, and uh, I, I I love drinking. It's fun. And I don't do it to escape or to numb myself at all. Because that's what I was like in my 20s. In my 30s, it's like, this is educational. I literally take notes when I try a new bottle of anything. Even nothing fancy. I just um, have found that I trust my palate. And um, I keep these notes because when I want to craft later or if I want to enter a competition, I'm going to use these as my weapons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally found what... I feel like I've been looking for my whole life and I'd rather find it late than never at all. So, uh, so that didn't really answer your question. Um, first cocktails, I, I learned how to make, uh, you know, like a Manhattan, uh, an old fashioned margarita. Um, 
And I was already kind of fixated on how can I make this the best possible. I hadn't read any books yet, though. Like, it was just mainly I would watch videos or read, yeah, yeah. like, blog articles. And that was when you were still at 16-bit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Because uh, I worked with a lot of talented bartenders, people who had been bartending for years and who I think were just at that point where a few of them came from Barrel, you know. So mm. they had experience, and they took me under their wing and taught me a lot. Uh, Shazen, Ryan Murray, Jess Michos, they all had some years under mm -hmm. their belt. So, like, they were teaching me tricks of the trade. And I was so grateful, you know. And then, because um, I always felt like I was like, I swear to God, I'm not a charlatan. Like, I just really want to learn, you know. And they weren't assholes about it. And they're still friends of mine to this day. Um, so, but, you know, I quickly noticed once I started learning more that a lot of the things we had back there were not ideal. And when I finally learned that vermouth goes in the fridge, I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> the people weren't refrigerating the vermouth and I wondered why Cokie tasted like copper and uh, <laughs> it was offensive, you know, so uh, I started trying to get people to refrigerate the vermouth and uh, some people listened to me and some didn't. I put labels on the on the like, well, like, hey, put this in the fridge when we close. People and they don't wouldn't read. No, they wouldn't listen to me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. You know, yeah. just want quality here, but... All right, then you like go through your like trials and tribulations and yeah. you're now like killing it with like these really inventive cocktails. Oh, thanks. Like I liked your, um, the last one you posted with like, you had like the tangerine dust on it, which was yes. like, super cool. I'm very, very proud yeah. of this drink. I'm uh, making so, it like, for you later. How, oh, awesome. yes. Awesome. Yes. That's bae. How um, do you go about like finding your source of inspiration and like finding that, like, is it like through just eating things, seeing something else and being like, that looks cool. And then taking that idea and making your own, or are you just like, it's just like, oh, let's, let's fuck around with that and like see how that goes. A, I could ask you that a hundred times <laughs> over. B, I didn't get a chance to, uh, fillet you and tell you that I'm very honored that you asked me to be your oh, guest because I admire you, you and it. you're wonderful. Thank PJ. you. And I love the show. Well, it's I love mutual. you guys. It's all mutual. That's yeah. a big deal to me. I'm not going to get over this anytime soon. Um, uh, with ideas, it, it like it depends. So, um, so I've always had a weird fetish for produce items like veggies, fruit. I would see something uh, that I thought looked interesting and then I would want to study it, uh, find out what it tastes like, how it's used, how it's prepared, uh, common uses for it and so on. Um, other times, like if it's like, here's a spirit, do something with it and be be creative with it. I'll read about the tasting notes and then I'll kind of go down the list and I'll make like, a, I always make a flavor matrix for everything. I look insane. Like I have this notebook. Everything starts on paper, usually around 4 a.m. on my bed when I'm really drunk. I have my laptop <laughs> and uh, my Bluetooth mouse and then I have my notebook and my pen and I have to underline things over and over again. So I'm like, so drunk Sarah can communicate with sober Sarah and tell her <laughs> this was a good idea. Let's rock, you know? Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I like to draw it out and I have my little like columns. Like these are flavors that are complimentary. These are flavors that could be complimentary. Um, and what's your, do you yeah. just do that? Like throughout like your own, like archive in your mouth or do you just do like the flavor Bible or like, do you use like certain things to like, it's both. Actually. Both? Okay. Yeah. It's what I glean from something when I taste it I go, right. this tastes like, and usually, like, my husband and I like to roast everything, like, not not cooking-wise. I guess you could say that, too. But, like, we'll make fun of something or we'll say something. Like, we're always just like, oh, this motherfucker looks like blah, blah, blah. Or, like, what the hell is this? It tastes like 
but that's that's my mind. That's how I uh, that's how I pinpoint things. So uh, that's why I like Malort because to me it tastes like things that people don't see. They say tire fire. I don't. You know. <laughs> um, so I I will taste something. My immediate reaction is this is what it tastes like to me. Now I have a direction to go in. If it tastes like if it smells like mint, like Braulio, for example, mm. Yamaro, to me it smells like spearmint. It tastes like spearmint. Um, so that's a direction I will go and I will see if I take flavors that I know go well with spearmint, if that's going to work, if that's going to make Braulio really sing, if Braulio is going to hide because maybe it's too much, like that's the fun. Um, I use the flavor Bible. I absolutely worship that book. No pun intended, I guess. I mean, it sits on my bedside table. Yeah. I also have the flavor matrix. That's my shit right there. I fucking oh my God. love that. that I fucking love that book. Life, man. Yes. They're, so good. Wait till you see the spring menu for Progumon. I already wrote it. <laughs> I'm insane. This is all I do. Um, I've already written a spring spec nice. for the bar. Uh, because of the flavor matrix, it gave me some things that I was now, very inspired by. Now, was the flavor matrix what you were using when you were still, when we first met you? No, I initially got was with the Flavor Bible, mm-hmm. um, okay. and I think that's everyone's kind of like go to. Love it so much, um, and it's great. You know, it lists like bananas, and it lists everything that goes with bananas, and then like things that are bold are better pairs, and things that are bold and capitalized are even better pairs. And if they're like, that. they have like exclamation stars, so they have stars yeah, next asterisks. to them, and then yeah. they're bold and capitalized, and it's like the best pairing. Flavor Matrix, I think I just discovered last year. Year yeah, I just ago, got two it years a couple ago. months ago. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. So it'll be like like pum fruits. It'll be like pears and apples and stuff like that. And then it'll list everything in a circle around the yep. the main fruit. And this and is like, a book that we can buy. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's yeah. recipes in it. There's recipes awesome. in it. Yeah. We, we can be evil and channel it for our own means. Because Flavor Bible uh, is also pretty much cook driven. But yes. yeah, fla- uh, Flavor mm-hmm. Matrix is like blew my mind it's so I useful so uh it will give you like all the odd pairings too like things that are like that's my favorite obviously because yeah. i'm a fucking pervert that's my favorite category is yeah. surprising pairings and yeah i have um a notebook in my i use evernote on my phone mm. and my computer uh that's where i write my specs that's where i uh i have kept a diary since shutdown called the quarantimes <laughs> uh, <nice>. every <laughs> fucking day we are on day 214 i think now Oh, Just wow. in case you're wondering, uh, I wasn't. Si- but thank you. Yeah, yeah. since <laughs> March me 15th. How many days I've wasted this past two fourteen now days. Now you know. Uh, and and said notebook. Uh, I have a flavor matrix book where I take a, a spirit because I'm I'm not too far into it yet. I have a lot of bookmarks. I get really sidetracked. So I got to take notes. Uh, but I will take any spirit that I see mentioned in multiple matrixes based on uh, which ingredient we're talking about, which family it's from. I still don't have them memorized. Because uh, it's a lot of chemistry, yeah. Uh, so I'm still wrapping my head around it. Um, but I will write down like, "Oh, this is supposed to go with this." And sometimes I'll put, "Yeah, I don't know why, but let's find out." Like, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, but they tackle they tackle flavor pairings on the chemical, yeah. Uh, okay. Basis of it, like why we don't know, but for some reason this is why. Yeah. And that's very intriguing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's really cool. So if yeah, I love that book. Whatever you. I hope they're paying us for this, for this awesome advertising <laughs> that they're getting. Uh, or, you know, hey, guys, uh, go get you a copy, and we'll see who makes the best and uh, most insane drink. You know? Yeah. yeah. And we'll all cheer for each other, because that's how we do it. You know? So you use also like a lot of like Asian influence 
yeah and stuff like where does that come from I'm like a super big weeaboo like i'm like hella obsessed with like japanese culture even uh korean culture chinese culture uh part of it is probably um i have a lot of friends in japan taiwan korea that i've met over the years uh when i used to play fighting games competitively uh so they would travel here for a video tournament. games yeah video, video okay. games uh and they would travel here and we would always talk about food drink and flavor and then you know of course i i love anime uh food wars is my favorite that anime really like changed my life so much so i got a tattoo from it of course and uh um and a lot of it is also the and everyone's gonna roll their eyes when i say this but you know the yakuza series um it's a video game series uh from sega and that series changed my entire life it inspired me in so many ways a lot of it has a lot to do with service industry there's always a bar in every game that's your safe haven there's always a uh a female purveyor or male um and they're like the person you check in with and they're your most trusted person well that's how i feel exactly sure. yeah. yeah the soundtracks kick fucking ass like i the original games like the first like six seven whatever i beat those all in 2019 like, right before I got into cocktails, it was like I played the entire Yakuza series. And each game takes, like, 40 to 60 hours to beat. It's a very beautiful game with a lot of uh, a lot of story, a lot of fighting, so on. And I just crushed each game. And I got so inspired by a lot of the food and flavors that were in the games. And then um, and I'm Middle Eastern, so, like, there's always been this kind of joke that, like, Middle Eastern people have a thing for, like, Chinese food. Um, and that's true because a lot of times – for the holidays, we'd always get Chinese food. So spice, flavor, and exotic like produce items. And by exotic, I mean mm. like not your standard American fare, just you know like bok choy, things that I grew up with. That um, I love the flavor, and I like to channel it in my drinks. Like my husband always makes fun of me and says I love the taste of mud, but I like alfalfa sprouts. I like broccoli sprouts. I like rum agricole. Like fucking, I'd eat grass, I guess, if you could, because yeah. <laughs> I just love vegetal earthy flavors. Um, so I, I get a lot out of that because um, I like seeing, it's not terribly different from like Lebanese cuisine. Um, You're Lebanese, Lebanese? Yes, I'm okay. full-blooded. Oh, right, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. My mom's from there and my dad's from here, but he's first gen. So like full-blooded, just raised, born and raised in Ohio. Um and watching my mom grow up, the irony and the sad part is, like, I was not interested in cooking until, like, probably last year. Once I got into cocktails and I saw the culinary influence and how it could really elevate your your work, then I started getting into cooking. Uh, but I, you know, grew up with a lot of really delicious meals. And so I think these flavors in my head had remained. So, like, a lot of times to me, a tomato can be sweet or it can be sour. I think mm -hmm. we all feel that way. But... Then I like to go, okay, well, how am I going to use this tomato? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's path. like, it's like, uh, it's like being the conductor of an orchestra, I guess. Yeah. You know, who's on first fiddle and whatnot. Do you pull a lot from your Lebanese background too? Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like I see like tons of like Asian influence in your yeah, cocktails yeah. and stuff too. There's a lot of similarities. Um, yeah. What I love about Lebanese food and Mediterranean food as a whole um, in conjunction with like Japanese and my the Asian influence in my work is we all love botanicals. We love mm -hmm. herbs. We like to smell shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was joking. I'm, I'm creepy and I like to smell people and <laughs> I do. And, uh, I like to, I, I love herbs. Right. 
Uh, like my absolute favorite gin now and probably forever for the rest of my life will probably be Roku gin. I love botanicals so, mm. so much. They tell me so much and I get to write the story myself, but it's like an, a nonstop muse. So in, in Lebanese cooking, we use a lot of herbs. Um, and mostly it's for aromatic. It's almost like there are bitters to the meal because it's mm-hmm. not based on that. That's just supposed to heighten it. Like I remember my mom would always throw in bay leaves in, in any tomato-based dish when she would cook meals. And whenever we would have like normal people over, just like kids who are like super white and they like aren't used to that kind of cuisine, they'd be like, why is there a leaf in my food? And we're just like, um, it's for flavor. But, you know, I think I draw on that. Yeah, Yeah. I draw on that from my mom for sure. Like she gets hammered off one drink. So I can get her opinion for about 30 seconds before she's drunk. And uh, my parents don't really drink, but they do appreciate what I do, which is cool. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, uh, with all this talk of smelling and drinking. Let's pee. Let's get smelling and drinking our cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Already? Let's fucking go. And uh, we're back. It's been six days, and uh, we now have the Boulevardier of Broken Dreams. Cheers. Cheers. So, so what do we, <laughs> what do we got? Like, what's 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 in our okay, drinks? Dad, Daddy brought you some Wild Turkey One Hundred and One Rye, which is uh, my favorite rye as a late, and um, tangerine infused Campari because, uh, and I'm about to offend a lot of people. I don't fucking like Campari. I like Aperol better. But I wanted to make, I wanted to take it upon myself to make Campari tastier for my palate. So tangerines being a winter fruit, and this is on the winter menu at mm-hmm. Pierogi Mountain. Um, I wanted to take, I wanted to take tangerines and I thought, you know, they would make, they would kind of soft that tannic aftertaste that I get from Campari. Uh, and they do. And, uh, you know, Koki Americano, it's fine. Um, and Martini and Rossi's. Uh, sweet vermouth. I actually don't hate it. It's fine. Uh, but you know, right now with COVID and everything and it's, and COVID sucks and, uh, our, you know, our margins aren't as fat as they would normally be. Um, uh, at Prairie Mountain, when I create drinks for their menu, I want to make stuff that I know can be as vegan as possible. So obviously that counts Campari out, but you know what? Yell at them, not me. Um, to me, a Boulevardier is a nice, stiff, spirit forward drink. That's nice for sipping in the winter. So like I said, I use the tangerine and the Campari because tangerine is a winter fruit. And for me, Cruzan Blackstrap, I like fell in love with this rum over the summer. And uh, to me, it tastes like chocolate. So I thought tangerines and chocolate, that sounds pretty sexual. So I took, uh, I was, again, it was 4 a.m. drunk Sarah with the notebook, flavor matrix, flavor Bible, and the laptop. And I came up with this idea. I was like, is there a way to do a rum reduction? If I really dialed up the flavor on the black strap, which is already a bully, but you know, good vermouths are usually bullies. We all love Carpano Antica. And mm-hmm. I didn't see fit to tell my boss, hey, I need you to spend way more on one bottle of something, vermouth, that even in the fridge will start to lose its taste and its you know usability uh, after a month. I couldn't do that to us right now. 
you know, we're just trying to survive. So I thought, is there a way that I can like make something that stands in for vermouth is even boozier than vermouth and it's not going to go bad after a month. So I was drunk and I came up with this idea for a blackstrap rum reduction and I was so excited about it. And I like told my husband about it and he was like, I mean, cool, like totally just try, you know? Uh, so, and I have a liter of blackstrap always, you know, cause it's cheap and it just hangs out. Uh, so I was really excited and I had my little, <laughs> my little Puma slippers on and I was like, all right, let's fucking reduce this shit. Now I'm going to warn y'all when you do an 80 proof reduction, you do not want it to boil for very long. I think I had it boiling for about 90 seconds and it was on medium high. And once it started to sizzle, I was like, all right, cool. We're good. Like I'm going to set it aside. So I took it off the heat and then the blue flames just bounced up and I was a little tipsy. So I was like laughing, was like, okay, this, this can't happen. So I blew on it and uh, a little bit of it landed on my kitchen rug and then I stomped it out. (laughs) So I almost set my house on fire, but I did achieve the rum reduction. Then I was when I, when it cooled and I tried it, I was like, holy shit, this actually worked. Like it's good. And, um, for being able to stretch that dollar for how cheap Cruzan Blackstrap is and what a great rum it is. I was like, this really did what I wanted. And I, I can't fucking believe it. Like I kind of teared up. I got real emotional that like this worked. So I added a little of this and a little bit of that and, um, and used some stuff that, uh, at the bar that once it's, you know, once we use up a certain product, you would typically throw this away. Well, I took it home with me and I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to take what would be waste and I'm going to use it and uh, we're going to be able to sell it, you know, and it worked. Well, I have to say like already Negroni Boulevardier yeah. top 10 cocktails yeah. for me. Facts. Top five so, for yeah. Yes. yeah. So, yes. and this is a great version of it. I'm going to ask you. you two questions. One, um, how is Campari not vegan? Like what, what does that mean? From, from what I understand, the bug shells that they use to color the Campari to give it that beautiful red, a lot of vegans and I'm not vegan, but I respect it. And, uh, I work for a very vegan forward bar and restaurant. So I like to take into account the vast majority of my clientele, um, because they get their color from bug shells. A lot of vegans may not see that. Same thing with. Parmigiano, Reggiano. Yeah. Not vegan because they use rennet. Exactly. So, okay. Got it. Um, like all the cheese we use at Prairie Mountain, the vegan cheese we use, none of it comes from dairy. None of it is an animal byproduct. Uh, one of the owners is vegan. Crazy thing is I worked for him for two months before I realized he was vegan. He never told me. I just asked him one day. I was like, why is it that four days a week I'm practically vegan because the only food I eat here is the vegan food? Because, again, I'm, I'm an omnivore, but... The vegan food at Progy Mountain is so fucking good. Yeah, I no. choose it over meat and dairy every time, which yeah. is crazy. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I'm vegan. So, like, you know, it's kind of a passion of mine. I was like, you're vegan? Like, he didn't tell me that, you know? And uh, so one of the things that I, I love is that they give me carte blanche with the cocktail menu. Uh, Joshua, who is my coworker, uh, he's the unofficial bar manager. Uh, he does all the ordering and... He lets me weigh in on a lot, which is awesome. Um, you know, he'll do a couple drinks for the menu and then I'll do a couple. So it's not all on me to come up with a menu, although I wouldn't mind. Uh, I like that I'm not the only one doing it because I don't want to monopolize it. Um, 
when we did the fall menu, I came up with the idea of a uh, pumpkin spice white Russian because I love a white Russian. And uh, mm. I was like, now here's the challenge. It needs to be vegan. Like, I want to make a creamy mm. vegan drink. Is it possible? You know? And we did. Uh, what do you use? Okay. So originally I do a, I do a pumpkin puree infusion with uh, rum. Cause I like it with rum, pumpkin and rum, rumkin. It's nice. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing now on Thursday, I was doing prep behind the bar and I got puree all over my shirt. It stained my shirt. It took me three days and five washes to get it out. Bleach, kiss off, OxyClean, everything. And then I was very proud that I got the stain out. So I wore the shirt today and, uh, don't wear a white shirt when you're behind the bar ever. Yeah, um, not the hard ever, way. ever, ever. I was like pressed for time and I just grabbed something clean, and threw it on. Um, we were using Califia Farms uh, almond, vanilla almond creamer, which I love. Fantastic. It's a little pricey for a bar. But at the time, they were just like, it's fine, just use it. And then we were using Tazo tea, black concentrate, and then the infusion. And then I had like I looked online and I read blogs and they said that all these ingredients were vegan. So even the the puree and everything, how we make it, like completely vegan. Because we have a lot of vegan tools back there. Then we came to find out that the Tazo tea concentrate actually had honey in it. And I was like really upset and embarrassed because I thought mm. I did my homework. And uh, Joshua actually came up with a chai and um, what's it called? Uh, rum chata, um, horchata, sorry. A, like chai horchata uh, faba mixer hmm. instead of the creamer. And then we brew the tea ourselves. So there's nothing in it besides just the tea. And I don't know, he he kind of took that project on during his shifts and he turned out an amazing mix that I love so much. Hmm. And granted, you know, all of us in the room probably like stuff on the less sweet side. So to me, it's perfect the way it is. But when I would make it for a customer, I knew there wasn't enough sugar and you needed a little more balance. So you squirt some turbinado syrup in there and it's perfect, some hmm. one-to-one. It's ideal. And then you sprinkle nutmeg on. So... That drink was a fall menu drink. It's staying on because it sells and I'm happy to do it. And I've had plenty of vegan people tell me like they love that we have a creamy vegan drink. And I'm like, fuck yeah, cool. And then uh, in addition to the Boulevardier Broken Dreams uh, on the winter menu. <laughs> Such a great name. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was drunk and I came up with it. I was like, good job, Sarah. That's funny. You're an idiot. And uh, if you go to my Instagram, uh, I made the video and I yeah. green screened it in to yeah. look like the green day video right i actually like took my hair and like combed it forward <laughs> i haven't done that since high school <laughs> and i put on like really dark eyeliner and brian just kept laughing at me while he was filming and this is great um uh, so how did you is the the reduction to straight rum reduced mm -hmm. that's it and then like just throwing in a, in a uh, now when i'm doing it in bulk because when i first did it i took eight ounces of rum and my goal was to reduce it by 25 percent okay uh, but because I almost lit my house on fire, it went a little less. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a, it was like a thirty percent reduction, which is fine. Um, yeah, I threw it in a pot and I put it on like medium low to really let it slowly warm up so it doesn't catch on fire. Mm. And then once it's warm and a little bubbly, I just take it off the heat and let it sit, measure it out. It's usually right about there. And then when I add in everything else, it actually will still fill a liter. So. Hmm. It's cool. It'll it'll last a while, and uh, I think it's a lovely, yeah, lovely taste. I'm very no, it's, very it's proud beautiful. of this drink. Thank you. 
How do you usually go about like your infusions? Are you mm. like more like a sous vide person mm. where you use yeah, like the water Yeah, because I'm wondering about the tangerine. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I'm so excited thing. that you asked. Um, I did some homework on this one. Normally a sous vide is one of my absolute favorite ways to infuse. I bought a sous vide uh, months ago. Never once used it for cooking. It has only been a cocktail yeah, utensil. I've only used it for cocktails too. I fucking love my sous vide so much. Um, I use it almost every week. Uh, for this one, so I had read a Punch article. I'm a big fan of Punch Drink, you know. Uh, subscribe to them, so I get a newsletter every day. And they had and some things I read it and I'm like, all right, bet, and I like forget about it. And then some of them really jump out at me. And so then I go down the rabbit hole of like link clicking and reading and obsessing. Mm. And when they had talked about jacking the method for infusion, how they made like, uh, how like, like Applejack I think does it too. It's like where you, I might be paraphrasing and I might be wrong. I'm a little tipsy, but uh, it was like you freeze the fruit and then you introduce it at room temperature to the spirit. And because it's cold for equilibrium to happen, it happens faster because you're going from extreme to like neutral something along those lines. So my original plan was tangerines themselves and I hadn't had tangerines in a million years. So when I bought them and I was like, oh, every goddamn one has at least three seeds in it. And they're very delicate. Once you cut through that membrane of the skin, like you lose all the juice and all the pulp and everything. So I had talked to someone on Instagram that I'm a big fan of, uh, Heavy Muddle is his name. His name is Brian. He lives in Texas and he has a cocktail blog and or a cocktail account. And he's fantastic, stupid, talented, brilliant, you know, and I've been following him for a few months and every, every other project you post, I would be like, okay, you're fucking insane because I've actually been working on something like this. Like he did something with mustard. I lost my mind because I was coming up with a mustard kind of based drink, but I was going to wait till spring for that one. Oh yeah. Because winter great. is already full, hmm. huh? He, look, he looks badass. I'm, Dude, he's I'm awesome. looking him up right now. Dude, I oh, love him. Right Dude, he's so awesome. <laughs> Brian, here you go, homie. Uh, he's so fucking cool. Um, I forget how we got on the topic, but he and I were messaging, and I had asked him, I was like, so Campari's low proof, and I want to infuse it because, sorry, I hate Campari, um, but I want to make it good. So I want to make it so I like it. And he had said, like, okay, you know, you could try um, – I think with jacking, you're supposed to flash freeze. I don't really have that ability right now. Um, My boss was like, we could try and tweak the walk-in freezer to do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. You have other shit in there. Like, I will figure it out. This is my my cross to bear. Uh, So he and I had talked, and uh, he was like, throwing some ideas out at me and I was like, okay, I'll, let me try this and then I'll let you know. And he's been great. He like checked in with me and was like, how'd it work? You know? So I took the peels from the tangerines. Okay. I just peeled tangerines as little pith as humanly possible. And the nice thing with tangerines is that's really easy. Um, yeah. Cisco had accidentally given us mandarins a couple weeks ago and I was really fucking pissed. Like Son I was just like, what do you bitches. want me to do with these? These aren't going to work. Yeah, it's yeah. all pith. I was very pithed. And, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, nice. I still, I still had a bag of tangerines that I had bought a couple days prior just for backup because I'm again, very neurotic and I'm obsessive about my craft. So I, uh, I, I did the tangerines, you know, very easy to get them without pith. And then you freeze them. They don't take long. I give them about six hours in the freezer till they're very brittle. Then I throw them in a mason jar with the Campari at room temp, 
It takes like 12 hours. I just leave it overnight and I'll like taste test it every couple hours. Mm -hmm. Usually uh, by like, you know, if I do it at midnight by noon, perfect. It still tastes like Campari, but it's a little sweeter, a little softer. And there isn't that weird aftertaste that I hate so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I take the peels out and I dehydrate them in my uh, toaster oven. Which is the garnish. Yes. Then grind them up into the zest and that is the garnish. Um, Yeah. So it's really nice. Um, And then we save the tangerines at Pierogi and they'll use them for a special here and there, like on a salad. The salad at Pierogi is awesome. Like all the greens are delicious and uh, they'll throw a lot of extra shit in there. So they'll do like a tangerine salad here and there. So I'll tell you my secret. Yes. Because I love Campari, but... Mm -hmm agree with you that it's a little rough it is so what i do for my negroni and boulevardier is half and half with aperol Mm. and then some fee brothers orange bitters yes okay so that helps bring out that citrus that you're doing yeah and so the east indian orange bitters is that the one fee brothers i think that's i think so yeah i love those bitters so much little less they kind of have like because gary gary's number six has a little bit of tannic taste to the end it's more bitter than the right fees. right they're both fantastic just depending on what flavor you want to use but that's brilliant like when i make a negroni at home uh, it's mostly gin a little bit of aperol a little bit of vermouth soda <laughs> I and do, you can uh, you can get mad. I don't fucking care. It's no. my Negroni. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I do at home. Yeah. So, how long have you been at Progi Mountain now? Uh, started in August, right in August. when the uh, new location opened on Grant in place of the old grass skirt. Which, speaking of, I did develop a tiki drink for us as an homage. Oh, oh nice. grass skirt was awesome. You yeah, know? yeah, it was so good. Never drank there because that was during my like my years where I was in college and I was just trying to grind. But I would get pad thai all the time there. The food was awesome. Yeah. This one is um, shout out to Jared Camden from Bacardi. He hooked us up with some mugs. We're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't have a nice little tiki drink on there. So yeah, it is the burlap shorts. That's the name of it. Because <laughs> grass skirt burlap shorts. Ha ha. Nice. Wait till nice. you see the spring one. I already got it. Um, <laughs> and this one is uh, some Coco Lopez. Um, I use Bacardi Ocho. As the main spirit, and then we split base the supporting characters with uh, Watershed Apple Brandy because everyone knows my lifelong, my now lifelong love of that shit. And uh, yuzu liqueur because I love yuzu. To me, it's a very nice winter citrus. And then a, a citric apricot syrup that I just make in house, um, just real nice. Hmm. Do you make the liqueur? No, it's uh, the Marie Brizard. Oh, really? Which I love. I didn't know they made a yuzu liqueur. They do. And you have to refrigerate it after you open it. Yeah. uh, Which I don't mind because then the drink is like extra cold for not much effort. And uh, it's lovely. It's garnished with a big fat mint sprig and some coconut flakes. And that all started because it was going to be powdered sugar. And I wanted wanted it to look like snow on a pine tree. Mm. It's just corny. Mm. Because I hate winter and I hate Christmas. But, you know, whatever. I'm trying to sell this shit. And my boss was like, I have like a ton of coconut flakes. Can you do something with that? And I was like, you know what? I absolutely can. So it's it's a nice drink. I'm proud of it. And for a layered tiki drink, it is only four touches. I was able to batch it up pretty All well. Right. And um, 
yeah, it's it's good. Like I'm I'm proud of it. Everyone I work with likes it, so that's a big deal. Because not all of them are discerning drinkers. So, so with your experience from like high volume bars to now yeah. cocktail bars to now like bar restaurants, mm-hmm. like what um, like what are your stories? You gotta have some like oh, yeah. you gotta have some yeah. good stories. Some good stories. Like and now you were, you were wanting to bring out like the the raunchy stuff. So what are some of your stories that have really rung out and like stuck to you through the years? I mean, this one's not going to be too polarizing, but off the top of my head, shortly before shutdown, I want to say, well, here's a couple. I want to say it was right after New Year's of this year, you know, before everything went to shit. (laughs) And um, my husband and I were bartending on a Saturday night at 16-bit, you know, so it it was pretty wild. Money was good, you know, everything was cool, moods were fine, you know. And these uh, fucking dickheads show up, these uh, fucking, uh, it's a group of like, you know, some of them are like, all right, I'm going to put it this way. They're doctors. And you could tell they're doctors, right? So uh, there were a the couple of them. Huh? The rowdy kind. The rowdy doctors. Yeah. So there were a couple where I'm looking at Brian and I'm like, I mean, I would spite fuck a couple of them, but like, <laughs> you know, let's see how well they tip. If it's like 35, 40%, <laughs> like you could get it, you know? Um so they come in at first they're very sweet you know just hey they're having fun i think it was a bachelor party or it was a birthday party i'm sorry it was a birthday party so they're having fun i'm like whatever even when i'm pissy and i'm like kind of being you know just a miser and not even a miser i'm just i'm annoyed (laughs) and i have every fucking right to be i'm still like i want you to have a good time you know and obviously this still stands but pre-covid you know there were a lot less rules so these this group of guys is like they're drinking, they're annoying. They didn't say anything sexually inappropriate to me, but I knew it was on the horizon. I knew one of them was going to say something <laughs> fucking gross. Yeah. And I was about to be like, and usually when I worked in volume, if somebody said something gross to me, I would repeat it really fucking loud and be like, is that really what you wanted to have just said to me? I'm at fucking work. Who do you think you are? You know, like yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. Um, no. It's like, you know, don't talk to me like that. Like, I might be a surf and a peon to you, but like, I, I don't know. I like what I do for a living and I don't work half as hard as you do. So like, you can fucking eat my ass. So <laughs> <laughs> these dudes, they do a round of shots. They're having fun. I'm like, cool, thanks, whatever. You know, your tab's fat. So like, cool, you know, I'm hoping you walk out and not close out because then I can auto you 20%. <laughs> So I'm guaranteed 20%, you sure, know, that's sure. what I love that game where it was like, I would just open you a tab because you didn't tell me to close it. And like, yeah. we're just gonna leave that shit open. Not my problem. Learn how to drink, you know? Um, but then one of these fuckers pulled out a ping pong ball and he bounced it on the bar. And I was like, and I look at him <laughs> and I just like, I'm just like glaring at him. And my husband, <laughs> I love my husband. He's the best. He walks up and he goes, how fucking old are you? He catches the ball. He's like, fucking learn how to behave. And the guy was like, <laughs> hell yeah. The guy was so mad. And Brian walks away. And I was like, I was like, yeah, go. I'll deal with the rest of it. But you landed your shit. I love you. You know? And uh, he's, uh, so Brian walks away and the guy looks at me and I start batting my eyes, you know? And he's just like, he can't talk to us like that. We're doctors. And I was like, okay, so learn how to behave. Yeah. And he was like, he was rude. And I was like, you're bouncing a ball on my bar. And if it knocks anything over, I have to clean that up. Do you really want me to clean that up? Are you really going to do that to me? And he's like, no, it's just like he embarrassed us. And I was like, it's fine. We're not going to think about it later. So maybe just don't do that. Okay. Yeah. And he was just like, 
know, whatever. He goes, you know what? I want to donate to the cause. And like we had a pinball machine and a change machine. God, I don't miss that place at all. <laughs> and he dropped five dollars or the quarters on the bar. I was like, I need to donate to the cause because he's trying to be disrespectful. So I grabbed, I walk, I turn around, I grabbed the tip jar. It was a clear glass thing from IKEA. And I just scooped all the quarters in. And I was like, Hey, money spends no matter what. I don't give a fuck. Thank you so much. And then like he's just like, Ugh. and I was like, So go, your party's back there. You know, I don't care. Get out of my face. Yeah. Uh, they did walk out on their tab, so that was nice. <laughs> so we, we were able to make our tips because they weren't happy that we told them what's what. Um, did you like autograph them 40% because the ping pong ball did damage to the bar? God, I would have loved that. <laughs> but I worked at a corporate shithole. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, the weekend before shutdown. The weekend. I worked Friday the 13th in March. Mm-hmm. That was the last uh, day I worked yeah. there. Yeah. And like, I only stayed as long as I did because I had like just kind of a loyalty to my coworkers. Like, it was like, I was just such good friends with management. I was like, I love you guys so much. Not that I'm like the second coming or anything, but it's like, I work really hard. And if I love you and you have any kind of loyalty for me, I'm going to do everything for you. So, like, I'm going to come in and, and count merch for you. I'm going to do inventory for you because I know you're overwhelmed. I get paid. I would rather have a day off, but like, I just believe that good people are hard to find this these days. And, you know, I just want to help, you know, if I have a day off and I have no plans, it's like, yeah, I can come in for $10 an hour minus taxes and count t-shirts for you. If it's going to make your life easier, because I know you fucking live here, you know? So it was, uh, the, it was that Friday. It was right before shutdown. And, um, cause I worked the following day somewhere else and, uh, I come in, I clock in. 10 minutes into my shift, this big fucking old man, red face. Like I could tell he's hammered. You know, he walks up to the bar. He's standing in the service well. So immediately I'm like, I want to kill you because yeah. there's a sign yeah. that says yeah. servers only. Yeah. A- and I was Don't like, you can't order there. And I- I'm like, not even nice anymore at this point. I'm just like, you can't order there. And he just like walks one foot to the side and he's like, so what are you serving besides yourself? Uh, <laughs> and ew. I was like, you're a fucking pig. And I just said it really loud. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, don't fucking talk to me that way. I'm at work. Who the fuck do you think you are? And he's just like, okay, okay. And I was like, no, 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 not okay, okay. Don't ever speak to me or any woman like that again. Who the fuck do you think you are? And he just like, I wasn't even mad. I was just having a good time because I had just <laughs> clocked in. So I was like, I have nine hours of this, so, including, you know, clothes. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to fucking embarrass this guy because he looks like a pushover, you know. So he melts. He betas, you know, and he's just like, all right, all right, I'll take a beer. Brian, my husband, immediately materializes at my side like he teleports. And we both at the same time go, no, you're not. Get the fuck out. And then my boss, he was working door for a minute. He was like watching the door for somebody. He goes, I'm so sorry. He straight faced me. And we were like, it's fine. We can handle it. So he went to Little Palace, did the exact same thing. Mm. And there was a there was a, a young woman behind the bar there. And she mm. kicked him out too. Yeah. It's like that. that's the kind of shit that was normal, you know. Um, I wonder how he even ever gets a drink if he's just constantly being kicked out of every w- single bar down the That line. and like he's <laughs> slurring his speech. Yeah. So it's like... He's been on it for a while. It is. I had a girl once threaten to spit in my face because I wouldn't give her a shot. It was like, you're staring at the floor. Your eyes are glazed over. If I give you another shot, if I give you a straight shot of tequila like you asked, you're going to throw up everywhere. 
A, it's my job not to overserve. I or take fall that. on your face. Yeah, which would be funny, but mm-hmm. like, but, fuck yeah. you, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I take my job seriously. And, and also it was like, this girl threatened to spit on me because I wouldn't give her a shot. And my coworker heard her saying it on the patio. So I came outside and just stood there and smiled at her and was like, you're going to spin my face. That is the rudest thing I've ever heard. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's like, I mean, you can't talk shit about me in front of my coworker and not expect him to tell me like who, I mean, why? Like, just go, just go. I don't want to fight with you. Just, you've had a nice night. Why don't you go home? You know? And, uh. Oh, one time we caught motherfuckers. They stole that can of tomato paste or tomato juice from uh, Mikey's that they use as a pizza stand when they serve pizza. Mm. Someone fucking stole that can and brought it in 16-bit. Brian and I were both like, where'd you get that? And the guy goes, uh, like a raffle? And we were like, <laughs> no, no, you didn't. So we um, went. That, that's and we, from next door. We grabbed the GM. For Mikey's. Yeah, we were a block family. So we were just like, yeah, they stole your can. She was like, I knew it. Thank you for telling me. And then they were just like, what the fuck? We we're like, you think we're not? Like, yeah. we're all bars on a we're block. We're looking out for each other. You know? You're all drunk. We're looking out for each other. Why'd you steal that? That's so fucked up. Come on. You're rude. And then they were, we were going to spend a lot of money here. And I was like, take your $100 and go somewhere else. We don't fucking care. Were you and Brian to like married before you started working at Sixteen Bit together? Yes. Okay. Yes, we How met did... on Tinder. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! Uh, we had our first date at Sixteen Bit solely because uh, Lisa Clapp was bartending. I've known her for years, um, and his one of his best friends at the time, Chelsea Garwaki, she was serving. So we were both just like we we swiped right on Tinder. It was a very organic conversation. Like we were just bullshitting. And uh, we both knew people who worked there. So it was like, I'm comfortable, you know, meeting you at a bar. And I was a non-drinker at the time. So I was just like, Tinder was kind of my playground. Like I was like, I'm going to, I did like a three years of celibacy type thing. Well, two years celibacy, three years not dating. Cause I knew that like relationships and men were like my biggest weakness. It was like, I knew to get my shit together. I had to kind of focus on me and it sucked. (laughs) It was not easy, but I knew to become like, a self-actualized adult. I had to focus on what uh, what I needed to work on to be able to stand on my own two feet. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm maladjusted. I just, you know, very passionate person. Passion can be dangerous sometimes. Yeah. You meet somebody, you're, you're really into them, and, like, you kind of lose yourself. So he was the first guy I'd met in almost three years where, like, it didn't feel like a lot of effort. We were just talking as if we were friends, and I was like, he's cute. Like, I definitely want to smash, but like, maybe I shouldn't do it on the first date. Just, <laughs> just cause maybe I want to get to know the guy a little before we get intimate, intimate, you know? So we go there and, um, the date was like, I was at my parents' house doing laundry and my dad and I were watching Slapshot. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. And I was like, yeah, it's what I matched with this guy. Like, he seems really cool and his grammar's on point. Like, I'm not talking <laughs> autocorrect. I'm talking this motherfucker can structure a sentence, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, he's really funny. I like him. But I'd been on Tinder for a couple of months. And it was like, you know, you get all sprung over someone, then you meet them and they're kind of whack. Or they're, you know, I'm a woman, so they'll, or they'll like fillet me and be like, you're so pretty. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I know that. What else? Like, talk to me. I'm a yeah. human, you know? Uh, but Brian was just chill. So my parents were like, go, get, go, get out here, go meet him. Like, if he sucks, move on. 
but you don't, don't fucking bullshit. Just go. It was a Saturday night and I was working two jobs at the time. I was working at a hospital and I was printing t-shirts. So I had one day off a week and I was very miserable, very unhappy, very overworked. And I was like, fuck it, fine, whatever I go. And it was instant. Like we were just bullshitting with each other, joking around. And I knew he was the one when he looked me in the eye and said I wasn't funny when I made a pun. Because any other guy would be like, like, you're fucking hilarious. And I'm like, I'm not going to fuck you. So like maybe tomorrow, but not tonight. But Brian was just like, you're not funny. And I was like, okay, what's up? You know, Tell like we, it, is. it is. And we went to his house and we played some Tekken and we talked and we were just hanging out. It was like I'd known him for years. And um, and then after that, that was it. We were joined at the dick ever since. And oh yeah, that was that's a good bar story too. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's a great one. Yes, we were just hanging out on the patio talking. So what's that like being like being married mm-hmm. and working in the industry? He's in the industry too, right? Yes, like, he's yeah. a bartender as well, yeah, okay. and he also works at Progy Mountain. Yeah. Oh, so now you're working together. Oh, <laughs> we again. always work together. Yeah. Um, we huh, interviewed yeah. as a team, which is actually really <laughs> funny. I'm not kidding. So Carl Deaver. Like that scene in, uh, what was it, Step Brothers? In Step Brothers. Yeah. Like we're interviewing yeah. as a team. Yeah. That's me and my husband. So, you know, Carl, Carl Deaver. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love Carl. Fucking dear friend. She's known Brian for years. I've known her actually less time, but I fucking love her. We check in with each other all the time. And she was doing consulting work for Charlie and Matt, the owners of Pierogi. Uh, because they were going from like having a kitchen at Bourbon Street to like, holy shit, we came across the old grass skirt. We can afford it. We can open our own bar and restaurant. We can have our own flagship because Bourbon can't open right now because it's a music venue. So um, they had asked Carl like, hey, so like while you're helping us figure out how to, you know, kind of arrange our bar because they're kitchen guys, which is awesome, by the way, working for people who actually worked on the line mm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um they were just like, do you know anybody that's reliable, trustworthy, doesn't steal, doesn't fuck around, isn't a drama, you know, like drama magnet. Like we just want some professional adults. And Carl told them, yeah, I do, but they're a married couple. I hope that's cool with you. And they were just like, we don't care. So Matt, Charlie were like, you know, we came in early August, met with them real quick. We had our masks on. We sat down, we handed them our resumes. We had a quick, you know, here and there. And they were just like, we don't really know dick about bars. And Brian and I were like, well, you know, we're not exactly consultants, but we have experience. We know what we like. We know what works. And we would be more than delighted to help it get going. And they were like, we kind of want to do cocktails. And I'm like, my dick got hard. I was like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I'll make cocktails for you. They let me do anything. It's awesome. Um, And I know what the price points are. I know what sells there. I know what people like. So it's been awesome. And a lot of it I can source from the kitchen, which makes me very excited for sustainability's sake. You know, Charlie made me a list of all the shit that normally gets thrown out. And I'm like, okay, I know I can work that in because flavor wise, this will work. Um, so yeah, Brian and I, like he's behind the bar twice a week. Those are the days that I'm in the back making pierogi. It is fucking exhausting. (laughs) My hands and my fucking back are constantly like sore, but you Mm. know, is he as into cocktails as you are? Not really, sorta. He's starting to. Um, he's starting to come up with his own riff ideas, which is awesome. Mm. And um, it's more like he'll just shoot my videos and like <laughs> he'll do. He'll help me with stuff, you know. He'll he'll run and get me ingredients last minute if I need it. Um, but I feel like he could be. It's just uh, 
he's more into like just playing WoW and running, you know, D and D campaigns in WoW, which is awesome. He has oh, yeah. his own like crew and everything, but yeah. Well, Sarah, mm. the drink was amazing. Thank you. It fucks, as they say. It does fuck, yeah, right? It fucks hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need a cigarette right now. After that, <laughs> I didn't know you smoked. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for letting me sit down and talk with you. It's been it's an dope because yeah, because now we got a chance to like actually like chill out and yeah. drink and hang out for a bit. Um, and I'm gonna get sappy. I'm gonna thank Blair and Leanne. Yes. Uh, two people who I feel like don't get enough recognition in the city because I think uh, they do a whole lot for bartenders and they do yes. so much for the whole scene from tastings to conventions to tours to all this jazz. They truly care about uh, this, uh, how Columbus looks in the bartender scene, mm-hmm. what goes on, making sure things are staying current and knowledge is getting out there. And more so, they like love the people which is always like true. the people that work in the scene. So, Love well, it. so if I can segue from that, here we are going into a second lockdown. How okay. can we help support you two yeah. and the whole industry? What can our listeners do to help support you guys? Uh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a good idea. Like uh, carry out. Yeah. Or- carry out. I think, like what you guys did before too was just super nice highlighting everyone that was in your on your tours yeah that really just like brought light and i'm sure like people who scroll through and like saw like this was from our tour here would be like oh yeah let's go try that out so i think like now it's just kind of like yeah bringing exposure to those places who are um going to be struggling with this uh stay-at-home advisory and like Mm -hmm. carry out's just going to be the thing now you know if you're comfortable dining out come through you know yeah um i i I can tell you at pierogi we have partitions at every table um when we do seat bar there's always more than six feet between parties Uh, it's a long bar um and we have that like air filtration system so we have that running constantly filters out the air awesome much quicker than like a typical system would um you know and if you're not comfortable yeah carry out and uh, a nice tip on that, not to the driver, but to the restaurant. Yeah, right. right. Um, that's one thing I would I Good would point. beg I would beg you guys, uh, listeners, if you really love a place and you love their food, and I know it's annoying having to go pick it up. I I completely understand convenience, but if you order through Grubhub, Postmates, DoorDash, Uber Eats, they take a fat percentage away from the restaurant, mm-hmm. and. I understand if you're like stuck at work and you really want food, I get it. Like, but if you're at home and you're hungry and you're just like, "Eh, I don't feel like going anywhere, I get it. If you really care about that restaurant, please order through them directly. Call them, do it on their like, whatever their system is. Go pick it up. That's a great point. You have no idea how much it means to us. Like at Prairie Mountain, we use Upserve and you can order through our website or through Facebook. And it means the fucking world to us when you guys like order directly through us. Like I will fucking buy you guys shots and beers. <laughs> I do. Like every time somebody has come in and been like, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't feel like driving out here, but like, I love y'all. I'm like, all right, cool. Shots, beers to go cocktails on me. I get them for half off. I don't care. I want you to know how much it means to me that you came in here yourself because yeah. you have no idea how many asshole drivers who come in with their nose out 
They're fucking disgusting oh, nose. Yeah. And I have to yell at them. And I don't like to yell. Don't make me get mean. Come on. Like, I'm a very nice girl. I just look like a bitch. So, like, if you come in with your nose out, I immediately say, please pull it up. Just Masks like that. are not so difficult. They're yeah. really not. They're you not, spend most yeah. of your time in a fucking car. You didn't spend $30 on steroid cream for your lips because your lips are chapped and swollen like mine for the last six months. Fuck you. Wear your mask. <laughs> so, you know, when you, like last night, I reported this asshole driver who tried to argue with me about pulling his mask over his nose. And shout out to Grubhub. Thank you. Because I called Grubhub, five-minute phone call. They said, all right, we are very sorry. And I was like, it's okay, I understand. You can't really vet who you, you know, I'm letting you know this motherfucker was a problem. They said, you want us, you know, to ban him from coming to your location? I said, yes, please. I don't want him in here. And he's a hazard. He's going to argue with me. He can get fucked. Get the fuck out of here, mm. you know. So just, uh, if you got to order delivery, I understand. Support your Support your businesses that you love. And if you can... Don't give your money to the um, outlying, you know, delivery services. If you can go and pick it up yourself, bless up. We love you. And if you do that at Pierogi and I see you, like, I'm going to hook you up. I promise. Just, uh, you know. Along similar lines, too, I think just eat local. You know, like all the local businesses can use it, you know, whether it's food or something else. Like, I think anyone right now who's just like a local business is hard up. So, yeah, eat local. We're just trying to keep our heads above water, you know, because no one knows it's going to happen right now. All we know is we're not getting aid, but we're having things cut from us. And I spend most of my time trying really hard not to let the anger, you know, eat me alive because I get mad, you know, because we all love each other. We all love each other's businesses. We all want to support each other and we want our industry to. Okay, thrive is not the word that does not exist in the year of 2020. So we all just want to survive. But, you know. I'm just saying, like, any little thing you can do, it means the world to us because we mask up and we go to work because we don't have a choice. And I'm not resentful. I'm just saying, like, you know, I'll come to you to get food because I want you guys to get the money, you know. So anything helps. Well, we we appreciate everything that you guys are doing and helping us to continue to imbibe well. Yes. (laughs) That's all matters. So it's... It's a great thing. I appreciate oh, yeah. you both. Thank you. Um, last thing is, uh, when are Blair and Leanne going to be interviewed on this podcast? Because I feel like we need to get to know Can we them, do that? You know? so can PJ interviewed... guest host? <laughs> yeah. Peach, come on. Yeah. Be fun. So everyone should comment if you want to see or hear, I should say, Blair yeah. and Leanne interviewed on this podcast. Yes. they're a face behind the city and i feel like they got stuff to say too so let's yeah let's get them out here i have so many questions or i guess they're already here is we're literally in the house right now so <laughs> yeah on the couch it, get them on the right. couch get that's kind of how this works yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh that's it for the show i guess thank you guys again for letting me host thank you sarah for coming here and let me ask you a bunch of questions pj you're my hero thanks for having me <laughs> And uh, yeah, everyone stay safe, eat local, you know, love your neighbor. Wear your mask, wash your hands. We love you. We'll get through this. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. And visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, and other events and merchandise. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music, Please remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, 
and be cocktail curious. Cheers. This has been a Last Call Productions production.